Work wings. Alex Nandy here with you again for a nuts and bolts breakdown of the world of e-commerce. In this episode, we're keeping the theme of back to basics and want to cover things that you might need to consider when launching a new e-commerce store. If you're an old hand at e-commerce, then bear with us because the coming episodes will perhaps be more for you than this one might be. But we want to make sure that we've covered things from scratch first, people to refer back to if needed later on. So today we'll be going through the types of store available, the points to check before committing, and we'll also be giving our advice on some of the mistakes that people make when going in to set up a a new online store. Now, the first thing that a lot of people will try and do is dive straight into the design of the website and how they might want it to look. Uh, But for now, we're going to take a step back from that just for a moment and say the most important thing to get right at this stage is the platform that you're actually going to use. Now, despite there being an absolute plethora of options out there, There's a few big names that you'll have come across, no doubt, and it's likely that as soon as you start searching for some, the marketing machine that is uh, will kick into action and you'll start seeing ads everywhere um, trying to help to nab you before you can try and make a decision for yourself. Yeah, there's no escaping it. You're going to be bombarded with platforms telling you that they can do everything that you would ever want them to do. Good news is that actually most of them are pretty good uh if you see them out there you are very likely to become familiar with the the names quickly and understand the ones that people use if you don't already they can generally do most things the issues that will come and place barriers in your way are going to be if you have got restrictions placed upon you operationally that need to be taken into consideration now's the time to make sure that you've got a good idea in your own mind what they are and how they'll need to be managed. All the points we're going to cover are going to be relevant for hosted options. So that's where you buy it from a provider for a monthly fee. You will likely have heard of the the ones out there. It's it's Shopify, it's EKM, uh, and many, many of the, the ones that you're going to be seeing ads for anyway, uh, if you haven't already. Well, the self-hosted so ones. Are you all right? Yeah, okay. So, or self-hosted, where you've got web space and install the platform on there yourself. So that's going to be things like WooCommerce. It's going to be things like Magento. Um, but really, that is a topic on itself. 90% of startups are probably going to be initially going with a hosted solution. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, a lot of those are probably going to be moving to self-hosted later on. And again, we're going to deal with that in a later episode, be it moving from one to another or, or whatever. If you don't already have a business operating, then you might actually be at an advantage. Uh, it gives you potentially more flexibility. You don't have those kind of ties already. It might not, but the potential is there that you've got a little bit more wiggle room. Definitely. If you've already got products, services, workflows in place, then you're going to need to take those into consideration. Um, and you're also going to come across my biggest pet peeve when you're looking at a lot of things, actually, and I'm sure Andy will agree with this. Uh, it, it might be a platform, it might be a plugin, it might be something. They'll only show you the front end, and that's really unhelpful. Yes, it is. Yeah, because you don't know what you're getting into. You you might be about to make a commitment to launch your entire business on a platform and they don't even show you how it's going to look to you for 
the however many hours a day you're going to be staring at it and interacting with it. Yeah, they don't give any sample of it. And it, uh, it really is difficult then to carry on and figure out exactly what you want it to do. Yeah, it, it is. And some of them have demos, so it, it's worth looking at that. But um, try not to just go on the the images that you'll see, the videos that you'll see, which just show, oh, look, here's a user going through your beautifully crafted website with all the fancy features that we give you. Questions you need to be asking as a store owner are actually what are the bits that work for me? Yeah, and I find YouTube is probably a good source for some of that information. Yeah. Because there's there's plenty of people out there that will offer you a video that says, look, this is exactly how the back end works, and it gives you the information that you really need. Um, so some of the points we're thinking about, especially, are how products come in uh, for yourselves. And so if you do regular restocks of the same thing, then it does give you the ability to manage quantities easily. Uh, and if you do big inventory refreshers, how simply can you manage a bulk update? Yeah, definitely think about that. Look at how it works, because although you might think, well, I've got to do it the same way everyone else does it. That might not no, be the case. No, one size does definitely not fit all in this industry. No, no, it really doesn't. And one of the big things that I quite often come across are shipping constraints. So whether it be with a courier or a order or a shipping supplier or a drop shipper or whatever, there may be limitations on where, when, how you can sell to certain markets or countries. Um, your couriers may have surcharges for certain weights bulk orders even you know just large volume low weight things yeah well, considering those those types um one of the things that people come to me regularly asking is is how you'll say well okay it's easy tell me what your tell me what your shipping options are it's really easy it's three pound fifty for a small parcel it's five for a big one and if you spend over 50 quid then it's free uh i say oh well great that is brilliant they said well actually some of the things are too big and we can't send it we have to send it via a different courier uh and then there's some other things that uh i can't send outside of europe um and i've got a really good shipping agreement for things to go to america so that's a little bit cheaper also the european stuff that only counts 18 of the european countries and i need to take the eec into slightly different consideration and if i send something to australia i need to do a declaration form uh which costs an extra two pounds and things like that and you can you can get very very quickly from what is a well i've only got three shipping options into i i've had probably slightly less relevant now but five years ago i had several big clients that had shipping rules which were i mean one of the you know 300 lines long when you stick it into a spreadsheet on the the limitations and things like that it's a big draw for customers though you need to get your shipping right it's one of the things that they're going to be looking at and the more options for shipping you've got you might find that it's it's a it's a conversion factor for you because there will be some customers that quite flatly refuse to buy from someone if you ship with a certain courier. Yes, we touched on that last week, didn't we? Yeah, they're not happy with the one in their area, uh, yeah. and it it's it's always worth thinking about if you can offer an additional option and it's something that you do anyway, and you're thinking, well, I'm trying to simplify my shipping, so I won't mention that actually I use three couriers. Uh, yeah yeah sometimes it's better to mention that sort of thing i think so 
So the other thing then to take into account, of course, is uh, payment processing systems. So again, if you're a new business without any existing ties, then actually you might be best placed going with whatever the, your chosen platform offers you. Uh, but there are plenty of cases out there where established businesses who already have a payment processor end up spending large sums of money just to get something integrated, which might not actually be the best solution for them. All of them are going to be very security heavy these days. That's to be expected, but always worth checking. Uh, we're beyond the days of hugely expensive SSL certificates, but that doesn't mean that we can forget about the site being secure. Uh, and so making sure that that is part of your checks. Um, there are also, of course, fees then to take into consideration. A couple of the big names will charge transaction fees, processing fees, and even potentially a payment gateway fee if it's a provider that's not on their recommended list, or even some of the ones that are actually integrated. Uh, and it's not uncommon for people to say that they've been charged three lots of percentage fees at fixed fees and so on on a single transaction. Yeah, it might not seem a lot when you're first looking at it, and a lot of them on purpose look similar they make themselves look similar yes um, but you you need to take into consideration your particular circumstances so you may have uh if you're particularly if you're a brick and mortar store and you've got a payment processor in place and you've got a car machine with them and it goes to a merchant bank and if especially if it's an older agreement if you've got a merchant bank agreement from even five plus years ago uh you might be in a position where it's going to cost you more and it might be worth looking at, at other options because they yeah. are they used to be a lot more expensive than they are but now what tends to happen when people get caught out is you've got 1.4% that the platform's charging and then your payment yep. processor charging you another 1.4% and then your bank will charge you 1.4% plus 20 pence for each transaction to go in there that's <laughs> yeah. how it's done and all of a sudden for every grand you take, you're giving away £20. Um, so it might be worth, if the payment processor is integrated somehow with the the platform you're looking at, I mean, Stripe's one of the big ones it's integrated in quite a lot these days, it might be worth you, for your online site, switching to that rather than trying to route it through something that you've already got or or something you might be more familiar with i'm not going to say that that is the be all and end all because you may then find that your accountant's going to charge you for another income stream um, yes and and they're going to charge you more to to reconcile it um but it's it's just worth looking at these kind of things and as well remembering locality um if you operate outside of you know the us maybe the uk and some areas of europe you need to look at how your country records taxes fees things like that i have had countless customers over the years who have spent time on their own sites sticking data in and then they find that they've not taken taxes into consideration or what and they come to me and say I've just launched a site and it's not charging people properly and now my accountant is using nasty words in my direction. <laughs> yeah, and accountants are very, very good at using those nasty words in cases like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put an apology into the middle of this because my next door neighbour's got building work going on. I'm pretty sure it's not coming through on the recording, but uh, if there is a large amount of vibrating and drilling noises, unfortunately, I can't control my neighbour. It does sound like you've got something bouncing across the desk, but we'll... Okay, yeah, that. so That's fine. It, it, yeah, it's the neighbour. They're having um, some big work done by the sounds of it today. 
which right, is well, just typical. Consider it white noise. Yes, white noise. That's it. It's uh, we're bordering on ASMR now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, if you, yeah, give us some more of your soothing voice, then, Andy. Okay, so if you make sure that if you've got more than one person looking after your store, that you can have different user accounts and that they can be then customized how you need them to be. Yeah, if you've got different locations or different warehouses, um, even if it's not that grand, and we're just talking about maybe dropshipping suppliers, uh, can you manage inventory separately for each location? Some current platforms don't, by default, allow you to process manual orders. Uh, So if you want to take orders over the phone um, and use a system like that, then maybe that also needs to be planned into this. Uh, Similarly, if you want to use it as your point of sale within a bricks and mortar store, then that might be part of the same functionality suite or even something different altogether. Both of those options might mean different sets of processing fees over what an online customer might incur. So you also need to look into that. Yeah, that's... That is a, a point that, again, can get lost. You might have a set amount of fees uh, for a particular type of transaction on the site, and then when you come and put a manual one in or a point-of-sale one, there's another fee for that. Um, I, I know it sounds like there's there could just be fees all over the place. It's not the case. You just need no. to understand and make sure the package that you're taking on builds into something that you you're aware of all those fees exactly there's nothing worse than sitting there thinking yeah great i've made my first sale and then going oh well i've lost that bit i've lost that bit and realizing that actually you're not getting anywhere near as much money out of it as you were hoping for yeah because sometimes on a particular product or even a lot of your products those profit margins may be so tight you might be selling high volume low profit uh by the time you've taking all those into consideration that high volume low profit might be high volume no profit and yeah not a great position to be in none of us want to work for free no indeed we do not uh the ability to do all the good search engine optimization stuff should be standard for most platforms these days so things like sitemaps feeds into google shopping facebook merchant center are very likely to be built in if you're using them though and you you are like the to want to do some of that stuff then make sure it's valid for your region make sure you're familiar with how it all updates again if it works with your workflow another popular thing that i see is people not familiar with how their store works when it comes to updating those feeds and you end up with errors on secondary marketplaces like google shopping facebook merchant center uh truva even feeding into things like etsy or ebay or whatever it is and then all of a sudden you've updated a product on your site and nothing's happening elsewhere or you're getting an error Um, and it's just those workflows is it something that's going to fit into how you do your product updates or even when things go out of stock how often do those update uh, make sure that if you've got a feed that goes through to something does it update often enough if you're selling products throughout the day is that feed updating frequently enough that you're not going to be in a position where you end up selling something that you actually don't have any stock of and if you do that on google or many places you're going to be in in trouble uh, make sure you're thinking about how your customers can get in touch with you so even if you're just sticking a email address or a phone number on the site that's fairly basic but you might want a ticketing system or something like that um, those can be harder to build in afterwards so 
think about it at the start and you don't want to be putting barriers in front of your customers and how they contact you uh it it feels quite fashionable these days to make it almost impossible to get in touch with a human being but i've got clients that for years made it really hard to get in touch with them through their online store um and they've stuck an email address or a phone number in and actually i've got one and you know they tell me that just putting an easier to to use contact form on has led them to get inquiries that are probably worth about five sales a week which is stuff that you you want to be capturing regardless be approachable and reachable is the key now we're into the meat of the task and the one you've wanted to tackle since the first moment you thought about an online store to put the cat among the pigeons, I'm going to say you don't need to worry about it as much as you think you do, and your mind is actually on the wrong thing. With almost all the platforms out there, you'll find templates that are modern, responsive, importantly free, and will work while you prove your concept. If that is what you want, then don't go any further with the thought just use a standard template. If, on the other hand, you're set on designing something that looks on-brand, you're going to either need to be prepared to sink some time and money into it or just the money bit and get a proper developer to bring your vision to life. Yeah, that, that is it. And it is one or the other. Uh, there's good arguments to support either of them. But if you don't have the cash to put into it, and we're not talking a lot of cash these days, it doesn't cost an awful lot to find a developer that can make it look how you want, then just go with a template because it'll work don't 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 overthink it and what you got to remember is that there's a pretty good analogy that I like to to use and um, if you were starting a cafe you wouldn't necessarily expect it to look like McDonald's on day one and I'm not saying McDonald's is the best looking cafe in the world but no, it's just it looks on brand you know what you get when you're pulling up to a McDonald's because they plow so much money into making it look like a McDonald's okay. uh, if you go to lots of nice cafes you'll find they're probably nondescript units with some nice tables and things like that and people yeah. don't put a lot of credence in that they go there because they know the food's good they're getting good service and it, it's going to be a nice experience for them. They're not looking at whether you've got original stained wood artworks on the wall. They're looking at if you've got a nice clean place and you offer what they want at a good price. Yeah. It's not letting anyone down. You're not letting yourself down by just having something that is a little bit standard. It doesn't have to look bad. You're not talking just a plain white thing these days. So, concentrate on the content the template if you don't have the money to spend it or you don't want to go to a developer you want to do it all yourself just stick a template in and then concentrate on the content because that's the most important thing it's the only thing that really really matters please and we're going to cover this in so many of our podcasts never copy and paste descriptions from any manufacturer you might be buying from write all of your own descriptions use as many high quality images as you can ideally your own or if you don't have your own yet then make sure you've got a good selection of them until you can take your own even if it's a drop shipping store you need those images now i've seen stores that do drop shipping 
with competing ads side by side and the difference is the one that will sell the most is the one with their own pictures. And you're saying, well, I don't hold the stock. How can I take pictures? When you get yourself established and you start making a little bit of money, just put the cash into buying a couple of what you might be drop shipping if that's what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not... It's not going to be something you can have on day one necessarily, but if you can get those and you can go and take a picture, it will make all the difference because people can see that as soon as they can see it's your images and it's got huge benefits from SEO purposes and all of that kind of positive stuff that you, you really want to attain. You can get it relatively quickly. If you're just spend that little bit of extra time, and just take those pictures. They might not be the best pictures in the world, but they're your pictures, and it's better than just using a, a standard one. If you're perhaps not that great with graphic design or photos or things like that, uh, you know, we, we might as well name drop at this point. Just, just go, on, go on Canva. Everyone goes on Canva. Enhance the images. Make some banners, buttons, things like that, just something that shows that you have put the effort into the visuals. Um don't spend all of your time, budget, energy into hashing together an online store and then just wimp out on the on the products because you think, well, I've got this really lovely store and I'm just going to put the products in and see how people respond to them. No, make sure you, you spend your time on your product titles, on any metadata that you, you're putting in. Make sure you're putting in your image alt tags so uh, people so that Exactly. It really is important just to make it more accessible. And you get the brownie points from the search engines for that, yep. for doing it properly. Yeah. And Google why wouldn't you do it properly? Yeah, I, I guarantee there'll be elements of the, the business and you say, well, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to do this properly. And then I'll, I'll cut some corners on, on other bits just till I get started. Make sure it's not the content that you're cutting those corners on because that is exactly where people will want to see the effort it's not the area that you can drop the ball on at any point and it will certainly be something we come back to in, in later podcasts uh where very regularly i get um clients coming and saying my business was doing well a year ago and now it's not doing as well i'm doing the same stuff i'm doing the same advertising i've got the same reach everything's doing well and all the all my new products aren't doing as well guarantee you're not putting as much effort as you used to into the content that you're putting out there because you're too busy and you think it's not professional and you just want to get the stuff out there and you've got too much stock and uh, that that be where you're falling now get it right from day one get it as part of your workflow the content is the king and it will it will it doesn't matter you can have two stores side by side exactly the same everything the same getting the same reach the one with the better content will sell the same product all day long while the other one will be struggling. Absolutely. And we know a lot of shops use A versus B testing a lot just to compare little things, even if it's something like the color of a button and the difference it can make to conversions is unreal. Um, but it's yeah. all about the content initially. If you don't yeah, have the and, content, you know, you're not really draw. I will always encourage people to do the, the, the kind of A and B testing. And A and B testing itself is proof that it's those kind of things that, that makes a difference. And all right, you might be changing a metric, which might be, uh, you know, geography of where your your advertising is coming from or, or, or where your target market is. But most of the time, you're 
probably going to be changing an image or a word or something like that. And if that doesn't highlight to people how important the actual content itself is, then I don't know what will. Definitely. I ran an A, a B test the other day on uh, my social media. I compared the same bit of text with a, literally one different image of a male versus a female and actually got double the engagement and reach on the female image than I did the male image. Yeah, it's it's absolutely staggering how much just a, a different thing can have. Sometimes it's just the placing of the words over an image. Sometimes it's yep. whatever it could be, a slightly different filter, a, a frame, a whatever the way that you know if you put the title above the top of the image or below a banner or whatever it, it might be and if you're not at least giving yourself the chance to discover that in the first place then you're you're doing yourself out of what could be some really really strong uh conversions yeah definitely so there's an awful lot to consider there because you know we've talked about quite a bit and certainly that's not everything either but it does include most of the errors that people make uh, when starting out and things that might not immediately jump out to somebody when thinking, yeah, I need a new store um, or opening their first store, especially um, those who are a bit more experienced and have had, you know, stores in the past, they sort of understand this stuff and realize that that's a lot of what needs to be done to keep it running. Um, next time, uh, as soon as we're nearly at the end, we're going to be concentrating on the content, which we've touched on a little bit, and products, which is what it's all about, realistically. And something every e-commerce business needs to be constantly thinking about, regardless of if you sell digital or physical products or even services. Um, so for this week, I think that's going to be it. And we will catch you next week. Uh, we've been Webwings, and we hope you have a safe onward journey. <laughs>